and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour. We're your hosts on this source for all things supernatural. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibble. And I'm Ethan Sareski. And it's sort of exciting, isn't it? Breaking the rules. Sure is, uh, Hermione. Oh, wow. Was that a Hermione Granger? That was a Hermione Granger quote, and you knew it. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to say I didn't know it. I was guess, making a strong guess based on context clues. Maybe I could have been a carny. You, know? <laughs> you could guess women's weight. I could guess which Harry Potter character they're talking about, despite the fact having never read any <laughs> Harry Potter. What a carnival that would be. Yes, yes. Come on down to, uh, I'm going to guess you're talking, is that character Harry Potter? <laughs> oh, I wait, guess you get wait. a bear. Mr. Sybil, who's the bad guy? Uh, well, obviously that's going to be Professor Snake, but <laughs> is he such a bad guy? Because it turns out he was in love with Mrs. Potter the whole time. Yes, yes. Think about it. <laughs> Ethan... <laughs> We've got some late-breaking news. It's time for A Cryptid Affair. Wow. That is a, that is a, the lungs on that wolf. It's a powerful one. This one comes to us from brobible.com. <laughs> Your favorite site. Yeah, I mean, obviously I was just hanging out on brobible and I saw this. I thought, perfect. <laughs> This dovetails neatly with my other interest. Is it how to lift? Uh, this is Nahuelito, Argentina's version of the Loch Ness Monster, caught on video. Oh. As we've come to learn over the years, Scotland isn't the only home of a mysterious creature that lurks in the water. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the Loch Ness Monster is only one of several. Uh, Mexican police have investigated numerous reports of a mysterious lake monster in Atazapan de Zaragoza. Because they have nothing better to do, Mexican police. No, no, certainly they shouldn't be looking into the uh, crimes. Uh, an unidentified serpent-like creature has also been spotted in a New Orleans lagoon hmm. down in the Big Easy. Mm -hmm. And another creature, Charlie the Lake Monster, has been mystifying locals near the town of McCall, Idaho, since the 1920s. Yeah, and obviously there's 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 tons of lake monsters. Yeah, yeah. we get it, buddy. We all know we all know this. Yeah, we're we're cryptid experts. Of course we know this. Yeah, we've covered at least at least two shows I want to say about lake monsters. Maybe more. We've did yeah, we did Champ, Champ. and we did uh, the Mishapeshu. And Lake you monster. better pronounce that right, because we literally lost uh, a radio. No, we lost, a, we lost a listener on that one. Much apologies <laughs> to you. We'll, we'll try to improve. <laughs> one other place that is home to a Loch Ness monster-like creature is located in Nahuel Huapi Lake, Patagonia, Argentina. That creature, named Nahuelito, has been described as a giant serpent and or, much like Nessie, a plesiosaur. Oh. The latest sighting of Nahuelito took <laughs> place when a pair of tourists on a kayaking trip claimed to have seen the Argentine Nessie in the lake. We suddenly noticed something in the lake and started filming it, said one of the tourists who spotted the creature. 
We kept a safe distance as we didn't know what it was, but it was very big and moving quickly. It was the body of a cartel victim. Well, soon afterwards it submerged and we didn't see it again. So I bet it it could be Nahuelito. (laughs) Uh, He added, I don't know exactly what it was. I can't really pinpoint it, but it was huge. Hmm. Nahuelito's origins are like the creature itself. Shrouded in mystery, one Relmukau of Atlas Obscura explained in 2023. The Tehuelche people, or Tehuelche people, who have lived in the Patagonia wilds for millennia, shared stories of a huge creature spotted swimming beneath the surface of Nahuel Huapi. Known as El Cuero to the Tehuelche, the monster was said to resemble a giant stingray with a sucker-like mouth that it used to eat its victims. This sounds dope, but we should have just done... You're basically getting a two-for-one episode. I was about to say, like, with the length of this report and the interesting uh, nature of the monster, this is a twofer. Yeah, geez. Bro Bible, your source for in-depth reportage on the latest cryptid news. And on lifting, bro. Parents warned their children to stay away from the lakeshore or else El Cuero might drag them beneath the waves as a snack. First seen in 1880 by American gold miner Martin Sheffield, but not reported until 1922, has Nahuelito reemerged once again? Or is it merely the same creature that pops up now and then in Loch Ness? Because it actually exists in a parallel universe, <laughs> allowing it to move through portals deep under the water. Is that your theory or theirs? That was the end of the article. <laughs> Way to tie it up. Yeah, definitely leaving me with more questions than answers. But boy, Bro Bible, I am hooked. That's your latest Corrupted Affair. Now, what did you find out about lifting, bro? Not too much. Not as much as I should, but I'm more of a calisthenics guy. Yeah, I would like to get into either. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you were doing 10 push-ups a day for a while. I'm still doing my push-ups. All right. Well, there you go. That's something, man. Yeah. As long as you're doing, like, literally anything, that's better than nothing. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, So, Ethan, now that we're caught up on the latest news, let's get down to the business of the hour, the show, Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour. Well, like all weeks on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, me, Ethan, this week, has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, demon, or cryptid. Mm. And the other one of us, uh, Shabby Nuts, has done very little uh, uh, relating to the show. Um, now, he's been doing all co- What have you been doing other than the show this week? Let's see. I've been doing editing. I've been doing a good amount of posting. Not I've about the show. on video uh, content. Uh, oh, but uh, other than that, not a lot. It takes up a lot of my free time. I've been going to work. Okay, but you haven't been studying what I picked for this week's topic, correct? No, no, no. I'm getting ready for next week. Oh, okay. Excellent. God, I thought you were going to ruin things here. Because this week's cryptid is the Bell Witch. The Bell Witch. The Bell Witch. That's a fun name to say. It is. It sounds like a like a finger food. It Well, you know... I'm not quite sure what it is. I know. I know you don't know. I'm the one who did the research. So, in fact, what I'd like to do now is I'd like to hear what you what you envisioned in your mind's eye when I say the Bell Witch. And to do that, you're going to have to enter your mind palace. 
memories. Things that happened to you as a child. Things that you saw on television. A book that you read. Things that never happened. Enter your mind palace. Are you there? No. Yeah, yeah, I'm in there. I'm in there now. Now say the name to me again. The Bell Witch. Well, obviously, the Bell Witch is, uh, you get the Bell Witch combo at the drive-thru and you're going to get two quesadillas with some thinly shaved turkey. Press them together. It's not on the menu. They go off menu for it. And then uh, the, obviously you're going to want to get with that your 16 ounce Baja Blast and some nacho fries. Is that the Bell Witch? That sounds absolutely delicious, uh, but that is not uh, this week's cryptid, a meal at Taco Bell. <clears throat> Too bad. It, it should have been brought to... God, that was the other sound effect I should have put on the sound floor. Taco? The Taco Bell bell. Oh. Ah, what an Bang. idiot. No, I leaned into the other half. I went with this. <laughs> Who is that salacious crumb? That was a witch. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, a witch, I see. Uh, now, Shibble, you obviously know nothing about this bell witch from your mind palace. There's no files on it in there. No, so... it's a little moth flew out of the folder. Oh, that's kind of cute. Um, why don't I explain it in the way that you learn best? How about that? And the audience loves it too. And that would be narrative fiction. Hell yes, narrative fiction. Does that mean that it's story time? Story time, it's story time, it's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! It's story time, it's story time, it's story time with Uncle Monster. Story, story time! <clears throat> the witch from the movie The Witch is carted out on a stretcher by EMTs, writhing in pain under the straps and sporting large bruises all over her head and neck. She was nude and smeared in baby's blood. That wasn't weird, though. She loved that aesthetic. As she was put into the ambulance bound for the local Nevada hospital, she cried out, I be smited. The crowd was going wild. The shot of the witch being carried off on the big screen only encouraged the fans' bloodlust. Director Mark Lartz looks to his two guys and says, Three, then mouths the words, Two and one, and the red light on the camera rig illuminates. Hi, I'm Steven Quadros, and you guys know me, I'm Boss Rutten. Welcome to the finals of the WFC, the Witch Fighting Championships, the This Fighting Championships. The two high-five at this and give each other a quick but soft kiss before turning back to the camera. Next up in the main event, we really have quite a contest. Yes, this is the one the fans have been waiting for. On one hand, you've got the devilish magic of Bathsheba, the witch from The Conjuring. And on the other hand, you've got... The Bell Witch. At this cue, director Mark Lartz cuts away to a special Bell Witch hype package narrated by Morgan Freeman. Fans around the world watch with anticipation. God mm. forgive me. The Bell Witch can appear as a dog with the head of a rabbit. She is mostly invisible, can affect the physical environment, and shapeshift. Some accounts record the spirit also to be clairvoyant, 
capable of superhuman speed and being in more than one place at a time. She is hyper-focused on the Bell family, but if you step into the ring with her, you can get this smoke too. As the package ends, Mark Lartz cues the hallway team, and they are all systems go for the beginning of the witch's ring walk. The lights in the arena go out all at the same time, eliciting excited oohs and ahs from the crowd. Immediately, from the huge arena speakers, comes the voice of Tupac Amaru Shakur. It's not about East or West. It's about power and money, riders and punks. Which side are you on? A burst of bass signals the beginning of his arena classic, Bomb First, my second reply. Just as he begins the first verse, the Bell Witch emerges with her team from the locker rooms. The arena absolutely explodes. Her rabbit's head chews some pet store gerbil food as she bounces athletically from one leg to the other on the way to the ring. It's a shame Wait. they couldn't get her rabbit food. <laughs> Sometimes they don't have it at the pet store. You gotta you take what they you gotta you get. make do, and it's just it's a shame. She was hungry. Waiting for her in the ring, it's Bathsheba from The Conjuring, the only loss on her professional record. She had lost one jump scare fight in the amateurs to a then-prime Hansel and Gretel witch, but she had been inexperienced then and had learned from the setback. The referee checks her mouth guard, runs his hands over her arms, applies Vaseline to her face, and finally nods to the witch, and she obliges by tapping her cup to prove that she was wearing all of her safety gear, and she would need it. After Bruce Buffer finishes announcing the fighters and the ref, Mario Yamasaki, Bathsheba and the Bell Witch get final corner instructions and meet in the center of the pentagram for a brief conversation with the ref. Much to the announcer's interest, the two witches do not touch gloves. Mm. Yamasaki urges the Bell Witch to step back and then yells, Jump scare fight! as the first round begins. First, Bathsheba conjures the Bell Witch's father, who jumps out and grabs his daughter's ankle. When she looks down, he is screaming and on fire. Next, mm. the Bell Witch makes a creepy broken doll fall to the ground behind Bathsheba. The doll is spooky, but as she turns back around from finding it, a large demon is staring at her. Mm. Then Bathsheba makes a cross appear and burst into flames. The Bell Witch counters by opening a window in the building, which creaks eerily. <laughs> a smell of rotting meat counters that. Bathsheba turns around, obscuring the Bell Witch's view, and suddenly turns around with a demon face. The crowd is going nuts. Then, all of the clocks in the building stop at the same time. What a move! After several seconds silence, Bathsheba is suddenly pulled by her leg, uh, pulled by an unseen force. The two trade unseen forces and disembodied voices as the incredible round hits the midway point. Bathsheba turns into a little girl with mangled legs and crawls toward the Bell Witch in a jerky but fast fashion. Bell Witch counters by having hands come out of a wall and pull Bathsheba into it. Bell Witch then makes her arms grow seven feet long with claws at the end and runs at Bathsheba, wiggling them oddly. Bathsheba answers by making the Bell Witch stare at a scary scarecrow, but then the bang comes from the other, other side. It's just a raccoon. <laughs> the two witches try different bangs and shrieks mixed into silence and dark. Uh, Bell Witch even has her face appear under the sheets of Bathsheba's waterbed. These are some terrific jump scares. After several seconds, a hand comes from off, off screen to grab Bathsheba's face. Bathsheba then cuts herself in half, and her torso comes to life and chases the Bell Witch. This would finish most competitors, but the Bell Witch conjures an old rock wall. She makes the rocks trade places with each other until they arrange like pixels in the visage of the nun from the other Conjuring movies. 
This rocks Bathsheba, and she goes down to a knee. The bell witch follows her to the ground and catches her in a deep calf slicer. Mario Yamasaki looks on, ready to stop this one. The bell witch adjusts to sink the submission in deeper, and to screams from announcers, fans, and even Mark Lartz, Bathsheba taps. The arena erupts. The ref pulls the bell witch away from Bathsheba, and her rabid face is smiling, hugging her trainers. The bell witch is hurt, but the injury is more to her... I can't... That's a misspelling. Uh, and, and Bathsheba is able to leave the pentagram of her own power. Or powers, LOL. Mm. The Bell Witch is interviewed in the ring by Boss Rutten before the show is over. An ocean of satisfied fans make their way to the exits and the merchandise tables. The Bell Witch calls out a top five witch in Glenda after cutting a great promo for the TV viewers. This show is a wrap, think Mark, thinks Mark Lartz, taking a sip of Slice. See you next time in Abu Dhabi. The end. Wow. Fantastic stuff. And boy, a preview of Fight Night to boot. Oh, absolutely. I like to get everything in. Yes. Uh, just a just a fantastic... I was really surprised. Uh, I thought, surely, there would be just straight up fighting with their witchcraft. But then it was jump scares. It th- it was a nice little twist. Oh, thank- yes. I, I find that witches uh, usually have great jump scares. It's true. And also when uh, the witch from the witch is that the witch from the vivich oh that's the witch the uh the one that takes place in the like the 18th century the one where they're like we've been sent away yeah the one where it's like wouldst thou like to live deliciously exactly the one with black philip yeah that's the one okay yeah okay i never liked that movie you know what um it was an interesting watch once i wouldn't try it again I don't like horror movies where the horror is a metaphor for trauma. Oh, yeah, that's definitely you know, that like one. It's always just a bummer. Yeah, but you can watch it without, you know, connecting. Yeah, and I'm that. not, it was a good movie. It just wasn't yeah. for me. Understandable. It's not, it's not a happy movie. No, no. And I, you know what? If I want to get bummed out, I'll take a look around, you know? <laughs> I'll punch a wall. So tell me about. This Bell Witch, what a fascinating character. Yes, well, the Bell Witch story centers on the 19th century Bell family of Tennessee. Oh, so they're from the South. They are from the South, yes. Wow, now I wish I had done uh, this. (laughs) With some sort of Southern twang. Ding, 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 ding. Ah, well, so... So put a little South in my mouth. Tell me, give me the stats from 18. Find me what Morgan Freeman said. <laughs> yeah. Was that, a, was that at any point that I touch Morgan Freeman or no? I, it's tough for me to say because I'm looking at your face. Oh yeah. And yeah, uh, you, a dolphin's it, tail. That's not like, it's definitely like, that's just Ethan talking. <laughs> that's, that's a white guy. Next time I'll turn off the screen and really fool you. Perfect. Yeah. Then obviously I'll be just immersed. <laughs> From 1817 to 1821, uh, the Bell family in the local area in Tennessee. Uh, you know what my aunt says? Uh, from she's from Kentucky. She goes, "I surely do." Like I'm, I, I love you, Aunt Dorothy. She goes, "Well, I surely do as well." Like she won't ever say it, but she will surely agree. Oh, that's um, very sweet. She is wonderful. I love her and Uncle Murray and everyone in Charleston who I'm related to. I'm sure there are people I don't like there. Uh, But this was a mostly invisible entity haunting uh, the Bell family in Tennessee, but it was able to speak 
affect the physical environment and shapeshift. Some accounts record the spirit also to have been clairvoyant, capable of superhuman speed and being in more than one place at a time. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of, see, to me, this sounds so much more poltergeisty than witchy. You know, that's an interesting point that I want you to, I want you to, uh, put a, put a tack in that and put it on one of those boards. All right. That's going up on the big board. Yes. Uh, poltergeist on the big board. Now, before we get, uh, too much further. Sure. We're 20 minutes in. I need some facts, brother. You got any facts for me this week? What? Are you kidding me? We have Layla Presents Bell Facts. Layla Presents Bell Facts. Number one, turbulence. About two-thirds of turbulence-related accidents happen at or above 30,000 feet. Every year in the U.S., 60 people are injured by turbulence due to not wearing their safety belts. But in the 28 years from 1980 to 2008, there were only three fatalities from turbulence. So that's not what's going to get you. It's the crash. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that like turbulence doesn't really cause crashes. Right. It doesn't. It just, and the reason everybody thinks that like, oh, the seatbelt's not going to save me if the plane crashes, but it is going to save you if you get suddenly thrown 10 feet into the air (laughs) and your neck snaps against the baggage compartment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Shibble, what if they made the plane out of the stuff from the black box? (laughs) No, that's a good idea though. They should do that. (laughs) Number two, embellishment. On Twitter, Shia LaBeouf had intense exchanges with Alec Baldwin. One tweet included a photo of an email the actor sent an apology. In it, he explains what he learned from his father about how to be a man. So Shia LaBeouf wrote uh, that his father said, A man can tell you he was wrong, that he did wrong, that he planned to. He can tell you when he is lost. He can apologize, even if sometimes it's just to put an end to the bickering. Uh, it was also plucked word for word from a 2009 Esquire essay called How to Be a Man. Mm. Yeah, his dad read the article. Yeah, yeah, his dad's a, his dad writes for Esquire, apparently. Yeah, he could. He very well could. Number three, Bass Bell. Okay, so there's this guy, Albert Bell. And okay. his name, first his name was Joey Bell, but he was such a nutcase that he was like, I need to start over. And he was like, I'm Albert now. And he just, and he continued being like out of control. So I just, five quick incidents, one sentence each. Uh, Spring 89, in college, Albert goes into the stands to chase after a fan who had been calling him buckwheat. That's understandable. Yeah. June 1990, Albert is suspended five games after trashing a clubhouse sink and admitted to the Cleveland Clinic for anger problems. August 1990, uh, he changes his name to Albert from Joey. May 11th, 1991, Albert throws a ball at a heckling Cleveland fan and hits him in the chest from 10 feet away, leaving a huge welt on his breastbone. Oof. And finally, in June 1991, Indians manager John McNamara calls Albert's uh, run to first base the most blatant lack of hustle he'd ever seen in his career and demoted Albert to the minor leagues at a time when he was leading the team in home runs and RBIs. Mm. Boy, what a life. He's a dick. It sounds like he's got some real anger management issues. I hope the Cleveland Clinic helped, but, you know. Well, you're about to tell me something in the 1800s regarding the Bell Witch. That's right. I wanted you to know in 1894, 
Mm. News editor Martin Ingram published The Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. And this book is regarded as like the book of record, you know. Okay, if you want to know about the Bell Witch, this is the one to read. Yep, absolutely. So we will move to the legend synopsis. Did you read it? Yeah, the entire book. Good. I did read it, but not the entire book. (laughs) Mm. Uh, This comes from it. Uh, According to the authenticated history of the Bell Witch, the Bell Witch's name is not scary. It is Kate. Common name, common name. I think there was a point in my life where I knew at least five Kates. That yeah, I, there are a lot of Kates our age, for sure. Yeah. Um, and this was after the entity claimed to be old Kate Bat's witch ghost. <laughs> okay. And okay. continued to respond favorably to the name. So she liked being called Kate. Yeah, you can call me uh, Kate Bat. <laughs> old Kate Bat. Kate Bat's witch. The physical activity centered on the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy, and her father, John Bell. And Kate expressed particular displeasure when Betsy became engaged. Mm. The haunting began in 1817 when John Bell witnessed the apparition of a strange creature resembling a dog with the head of a rabbit. Um, He, of course, fired at the animal because he didn't know what it was, and that's our first instinct. Yeah, I mean, that way you can get a better look at it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, when it's dead. Yeah. Uh, later, John's son, Drew Bell, didn't know there were Drews in 1817. That's cool. Yeah, they loved it. Uh, he approached an unknown bird perched on a fence uh, that was of extraordinary size and figured it was obviously Bell Witch. Yeah, yeah, very well could be. I, you don't normally see a bird like that. Uh, Betsy, the daughter, observed a girl in a green dress swinging by the neck from the limb of an old oak tree. Someone hung a little girl. Yeah, and they were like, is that a witch? And, and, and the neighbors were like, no, our daughter was really sad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> De- <laughs> Dean, a Bell family slave. Uh, they had slaves, the Bell family, so don't feel too bad. Uh, reported I don't. Being, no, I, <laughs> I could care less about slave owners like the Bells. Reported being followed by a large black dog on evenings he visited his wife. Which may have been unrelated. Yeah. But also, you know, we've the classic black dog as a right. symbol of death. The shug, right? Yeah, like the black shug. Shug. Check out our episode about the black shug, our classic. We just lost another viewer when I said shuck. We're at, yeah, we're done. We're done. <laughs> we only had the two. Activity moved to the Bell household with knocking heard along the doors and walls. The family heard sounds of gnawing on the beds, invisible dogs fighting, and chains being dragged along the floor. Mm. John Bell began experiencing paralysis in his mouth. The problem was he couldn't tell anybody about it. Oh, this is a witch. What, John? The phenomenon grew in intensity. <laughs> is that right, John? You've been you've been witched? <laughs> The phenomena grew in intensity as sheets were pulled from beds where the children slept. Soon the entity pulled hair and scratched the children with particular Mm. emphasis on Betsy, who was slapped, pinched, and stuck with pins. Well, this is really reminding me very much of the classic horror film franchise, Paranormal Activity. A little bit, right? Have you seen this one? Uh, You know, I caught it once. Yeah. Now, listeners, we are obviously uh, continuing our coverage of the Paranormal Activity franchise over on the Patreon. You got to come check it out. 
Yeah, those are great movies. All tens. I mean, <laughs> there's certainly each one um merits our ranking. Each one that. is certainly scored on a scale from one to ten. <laughs> the ten being the upper limit. We'll see if anybody reaches that limit. The Bells turned to family friend James Johnston for help because James Johnston. Yeah, after who else would you turn to? Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, what would you do seriously first if you were back? If it was back? Then? Obviously, I'm going to start with a family friend because I like to keep you know business in the family. You know, oh, that's I'm not going to go to some outsider. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. This guy, this some some of this could be embarrassing. You know. Yeah, I don't want uh, anybody coming over and finding out that I shot a dog with a rabbit for a head, that you, and that I'm getting stabbed daughter. by needles in my sleep by an invisible black dog. <laughs> You know who would upset the most, though? Who's that? The neighbor's daughter. It's true. She wouldn't care for it. The apparition began to speak out loud and was asked, Who are you? And what do you want? And the voice answered feebly, I am a spirit. I was once very happy, but have been disturbed. The spirit offered diverse explanations of why it had appeared, tying its origin to a disturbance of a Native American burial mound Classic. Uh, on the property and sent yep. Drew Bell on an unproductive search for buried treasure. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, God that's a ass. Good, that's a good witch trick. She's like, guess what? There's like a ton of gold coins and no one knows about it. It's just 20 feet down. <laughs> so start digging. And he's like, Dean, come dig for me. God. <laughs> Sorry. Digging Windy a hole is so tiring. What did you say? Have you ever like tried to dig no. like, a hole? It's like shopping down a tree. Like you can't do it by yourself. It's yeah, I like I dug some small holes for like little fence posts, and it's fucking exhausting. That's why farmers are strong as shit. It's true. And like, especially out here where the the soil is like almost all clay, Ugh. it's like super dense. Like the hole that I dug out, you could knock on the sides of it. Like it was the inside of a pot. Really? Yeah. That's fucked up. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Were you tired I was, after? I was super tired. That's why when we, if we get a fence around the backyard, I'm just going to pay somebody else to do it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not I think playing with that again. Yeah. Seriously. You, you tried once. That's enough. Uh, the apparition, the bell witch began to speak out loud and was that, Oh, I read that. With the emergence of full conversations, the spirit repeated word for word two sermons given 13 miles apart at the same time. Whoa. Holy shit. Not a coincidence. How could it have known about this? It loves sermons. Uh, it the entity loves was, sermons. Gotta get me some sermons at the same time. The entity was well acquainted with biblical text, so it was annoying, and appeared to enjoy religious arguments. As another amusement, the witch shared gossip about activities in other households. <laughs> so uh, so in, it spends part of its time as an annoying atheist? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Check part of the time it's me. Deists. <laughs> it wants to just debate. Where's your invisible sky wizard now? <laughs> also, the neighbors are cheating on each other. If you want truth, that's the truth. The entity um, was really taking a toll on the family, so family friend John Johnston devised a test, mm. something no one outside his family would know. 
asking the entity what his step-grandmother in North Carolina would say to the slaves if she thought they did something wrong. The witch What replied, would she say to the slaves if <laughs> she not. thought they did something wrong? The witch replied with his grandmother's accent, Hut tut, what has happened now? Okay, that's not as bad as I was imagining. <laughs> that's not the worst thing I ever said to a slave, no. No, no, I imagine if that's the worst thing that happened to a slave on any given day, you know, that's not the worst day of slavery. No, absolutely. Meeting a witch would, would be one of the better days. Yeah. Hut tut. <laughs> what has happened now? In another account, an Englishman stopped to visit and offered to investigate, because <laughs> Englishmen. No, they're very smart in England. Oh, let me give it a shot. Cool, blimey, is that a, a ghost I see before me? <laughs> Who's that hanging from the tree next door? There's more of gravy than of grave about you. I can't understand what the father's saying. You're a bit of underdone potato. <laughs> um, the witch uh, woke the guy up with the voices of his dead parents saying horrible things about him. It's me mum. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I didn't like you in life and I don't like you in death. Oh, mum, cool, blimey. <laughs> um, so the Englishman quickly left that morning and later wrote to the Bell family that the en entity had visited his family in England. He apologized for his skepticism. Wow, all the way to uh, England, across the pond. A traveler. Boy, it really can move. At times, the spirit displayed a form of kindness, especially hmm. toward Lucy, John Bell's wife, the most, as in her words, uh, in Kate, the witch's words, the most perfect woman to walk the earth. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so we've already seen that it's gotten upset when the daughter gets married. Right. And it's engaged. over the moon in love with the wife. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, it likes ladies. I'm going to I'm going to throw out the theory that this is a psychic manifestation of the father. Oh, that is dope. Okay, that he's making this happen. That was that that is my favorite theory. I, I that didn't occur to me. I'm well, done. we'll put it on the big board. Oh, it, uh. It's on the big board, along with Poltergeist. Yes. Uh, later, referring to John Bell as Old Jack, mm. uh, for no reason, the witch claimed she intended to kill him and signaled this intention through curses, threats, and affliction. Uh, the story climaxes with John Bell being poisoned to death by the witch. You still think, still think it was him? Yeah, he, he was he clearly self-destructive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, basically, just John Bell's story. In 1821, as a result of the witch, Betsy Bell called off her engagement. Mm. Subsequently, the entity told the family it was going to leave, and it finally did in 1821, only to return seven years later in 1828. God, it's back! And um, they, this time... <laughs> <laughs> this time, uh, the family did not uh, encourage or engage with Kate Batts' witch ghost. Mm. And the witch appeared to be upset and left again. Okay, so the classic Katie's mom strategy. Yep. From paranormal activity. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Very, t so another theory then that we got to put on the board, is it a demon? 
I Which love is that. even worse than a ghost. And did it leave because they reached an agreement? Yeah, maybe we need to be looking at the next born male heir to the Bell family. Albert Bell, baseball player. Alexander Graham. Graham Bell, right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Was he English? No, but he was answering a phone and we were doing English before. <laughs> so it was in my head. Alexander, you've got to get out of that house. <laughs> well, it's too scary over in the States. Uh, several accounts say that during his military career, Andrew Jackson, mm. <laughs> what a great man, was intrigued with the story and his men were frightened away after traveling to investigate, which we will explore. In an independent oral tradition in Mississippi, the witch was the ghost of an unpleasant overseer John Bell murdered in North Carolina, much to John Bell's credit. In this tradition, the spirit falls in love with Betsy, leading to her death. Yeah, this is definitely the father. Yeah. He's a creep. Yeah, that's my theory. He's such a creep. Um, now, would you like to hear about Andrew Jackson's visit or some facts? What do you your call? No, tell me about our nation's greatest president. <laughs> Andrew William Jackson. The, ac <laughs> the account of General Andrew Jackson's uh, visit is in Chapter 11 of Ingram's, you know, his whole thing about the, the witch. Yeah, the great book. Yeah, whatever. The, the manuscript. The chapter is a letter from Thomas Yancey, an attorney in Clarksville, dated 1894. Yancey mm. explained that his grandfather was a witness to the Bell Witch. And he related the story of Jackson's visit. Uh, it was strained of resources. Um, and then a wagon pulled up with a bunch of stuff, you know, to help him out. Mm -hmm. And who was it? It was Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson there to help out his fellow man. Yeah, that's not something I would have expected. Uh, near the Bell Homestead, the wagon stopped. So right mm -hmm. as they pulled up, the wagon just stopped moving. Andrew Jackson's like, oh, shit. Uh, and he actually said, by the eternal, boys, it is the witch. Well, if, if Andrew Jackson is claiming that it's the Bell Witch, who am I to argue? Really? Nothing that guy ever did was wrong. No, no, no. I mean, like, I'll, I'll leave a trail of tears from here to the next town if you tell me he did something wrong. Absolutely. A, metall a metallic voice was heard in the vegetation after he said it is the witch. And... All of a sudden, we hear, all right, General, let the wagon move on. I will see you again tonight. Mmm, oh, flirty fun with the Velvet. Oh, is that? I didn't take that as flirty fun. Oh, it wants to do sex to uh, a president. I mean, who wouldn't? Power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Would you? No, not Biden, right? No, I would. No. That's even the ultimate aphrodisiac is not powerful enough. I was about to say it's the ultimate aphrodisiac. I'm trying to think if it will work on me. Yeah, I think I hey, think. Hey man, hey, hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, guy. Yeah, I don't need mm, no no. Thank you, Mr. President. Come over a little closer, guy. Ah. <laughs> Among yeah. the Jackson party was a witch slayer. Hmm. Who boasted, well, that's good. Yeah, well, I mean, he came prepared. He's Andrew Jackson. He likes to slay things. Uh, and this guy's boasting about his supernatural exploits and all the bravado and blah, blah, blah. Andrew Jackson whispers, by the Eternals, I do wish the thing would come. I want to see him run. The entity arrived and taunted the witch slayer to shoot her. Being a ghost, I'm sure that wasn't dangerous. Uh, the man's <laughs> gun 
would not fire. Mm-hmm. Even less dangerous. The, yeah. The wit- then he found out it wasn't a gun. It was a sword that he'd been trying to fire. The witch countered, I'll teach you a lesson, and appeared to beat the man and led him out of the door by his nose. Well, there you go. Jackson exclaimed, by the eternal, boys. I never saw so much fun in all my life. Seems like he's saying by the Eternals a lot. Is he trying to get a catchphrase going? I think that's what, at that point in his presidency, I think he was trying to get something for people to say. Say, by the Eternal. I like it. I'm going to start saying it. Mellow greetings, Shibble. By the Eternal. It's good to see you. By the Eternal. It's good (laughs) to see you too. And um, so the witch told Andrew Jackson that she would continue messing with his people and sending them home every night. That morning, Jackson's men chose to leave for home as they were apprehensive as to who was next. So that was the visit with Andrew Jackson. And that's the Bell Witch. Wow. Tell me, do you have any more? Layla presents Bell Facts. Number four, Belland. Tosser is an old British slang term that refers to someone who masturbates. Mm. Like the F word, bugger has many different uses and forms. It comes from the Latin bulgaris, meaning heretic. A slag is a sexually promiscuous person. Unlike trollop and scrubber, this slur is now used by modern-day Brits for both sexes, which is progress. Sure. Number five, belly. Mmm. In every scene in the movie Belly, where a character was smoking weed, the weed in the film is real. The uh, marijuana is not a prop. Well, I mean, it was a prop. It just was not fake. Yeah, it was a it was real marijuana used as a prop. I suppose would be the way well, to say. Well, that's. I mean, the audience can tell. Oh my god, they look so high in that, like throughout the yeah. whole movie. Remember Nas? Nas couldn't even like. He was a terrible actor. Do yeah, no. It, it, Hype Williams uh, it had a great look to it, but boy, yeah, it. Uh, Beautiful look to it. The colors in DMX's apartment. Love it. Number six, Bellissima. Uh, Bellissima is a 1951 Italian comedy directed by Lucino Visconti and starring Anna Magnani. In 2008, the film was included on a list of 100 films that have changed the collective memory of Italy. Bellissima centers on a working class mother in Rome, Maddalena, who drags her young daughter to Cinecita Studios to attend an audition for a new film. Madalena's efforts to promote her daughter grow increasingly frenzied. Wow. Stage mother. Yeah. That's an old story, I guess. That was riveting. <laughs> Listen, Ethan, I got to tell you, this whole Bell Witch situation, it sounds pretty crazy to me. Right. But do you think it can love? werewolf ate my dad but it's not so bad it might sound crazy but can it love can it give me a kiss can it hold my hand would it say i love you does it understand does it know that i've never felt this way before there's a full moon tonight so romantic and this might sound crazy but can it love 
Can it love? What a song. Thank you. What do you think, Ethan? Can this uh, shape-shifting poltergeist witch? Demon. Demon? Psychic manifestation? Love? (laughs) I think yes. Expound on that. Give me some more. I think that things, entities without love uh, are much more... They torture humans, or they stay away from humans, but they don't engage them on such a personal level, mm. which leads me to believe that the Bell Witch would like to, you know, have a have a husband, a family, uh, a wife, whatever the Bell Witch chooses, and and really, I think a lot of its behavior is due to you know, kind of wanting that life, that human life, and not being able to have it. Yeah, I'm gonna say I think it uh, it can. Love, but its love is is twisted somehow. Mm. You know, I think it doesn't know how to express its love in a healthy manner. I think it needs to learn some boundaries. Mm. But that said, you know, let's say you were out there and you're on the scene and hey, look at this profile. Her name is Bellwitch and she's in my area. <laughs> and you say, shoot a couple messages, you hit it off. Where are you going on that first date? Um... I'm going to want to go to a museum. Okay. Any particular one? No. I just think girls like museums. I think it shows that you think about stuff and you appreciate art, all that horse shit. And um, I think the Bell Witch doesn't get out much. I think the Bell Witch spends a lot of time on haunts and going from house to house in Tennessee. But I I think think, uh, she would like to be a little more cultured. That remind me of... uh... I was at a training. I was at some sort of training for work Mm -hmm. and they asked everybody in the class, what are you passionate about? Right. And some people said like, Oh, my family. Some people said, Oh, I'm I'm a real big sports fanatic. I watch a lot of sports. Uh, And they got to me and I said, art. And everyone looked at me like I was a fucking serial killer. (laughs) What kind of world is this? I don't know. I thought I think that's an interesting, different answer. I love it. I don't understand why they stared at you. Well, I will. Uh, what would have been weirder what... for you to say other than art? I got. I mean, the one gal in there, uh, she bred lizards, and she said she was passionate about her lizard breeding business. And they still uh, looked at you when you said art. <laughs> yeah, when I said I'd like art, and they're like, and the guy running it said, "You mean like paintings and stuff." <laughs> He wanted you to define art. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I I, I like a nice painting. I like movies. (laughs) I like comic books, you know? Uh, So my first date with the Bell Witch, uh, I'd say let's go to uh, uh, let's go to one of those beer tours. You know, let's go to a brewery. Yeah. It'll be a nice, you know, hopefully the weather's nice. You get a little loose. You get a little relaxed. Everybody has a great time. How do you want her to uh, go? Invisible? Rabbit face? Well, if she goes invisible, then I don't need to pay for... Oh, that's yeah, very frugal of you. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this one's on me, baby. You just need to be invisible. (laughs) I hope that's okay. Now, that... That that's all crazy, you know. That love and 
everything with the witch. But what I'm wondering is, can she fuck? That sounds crazy, but can she fuck? What do you think? I think so. <laughs> I, it's something about it gave me kind of sexual vibes. I, I think the relationship with the wife and the daughter. Yeah. There's some sort of subconscious sexuality to that sort of level of interest. And also some projection of the wife onto the daughter and the daughter onto the wife. I think there's some confusion there. Yeah, there's. it seems like there's a lot going on, and I think a lot of it goes back to fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of the story that is about fucking. Crazy, I did that by accident. I liked it. I'll, I'll listen to it as many times as you want to play it. It's fight night. Fight. Welcome to fight night. In this corner, we have the bell witch. And in the other corner, we have seven foot one. 39 blue pound, prime Shaquille O'Neal. All right. So as we recall from uh, the tale of the tape that Morgan Freeman gave us previously, uh, Bell Witch, uh, shapeshifter, Mm -hmm. clairvoyant, Mm -hmm. super fast. Very fast. Can possibly exist in multiple places at once. (laughs) Yes. So can maybe do like a Naruto clone jutsu for the listeners out there that understand that. I don't know what you just said. (laughs) Naruto can perform a jutsu that will create a bunch of clones. Oh, Naruto. I got you. Naruto from the manga and anime Naruto. Is that from Studio Ghibli? No, that's a Shonen Jump property. Uh Oh, sorry. That's Shonen Jump, Ethan. (laughs) I apologize. Your source for Shonen Manga, <laughs> Shonen Jump. So who wins? The Bell Witch or Big Old Prime Shaq? I think, Shaq, your physical strength here yes. is not what you need in order to take down a Bell Witch. It's not. I don't think so. I think you're going to need a mental game. I think you're going to, and I'm not saying you're a dumb guy. I'm very smart. No, your the length of your career, your your smart investments, the, what you've done post career, uh, has shown everybody that you are as an intelligent an athlete as you are uh, powerful. Thank you very much. I'm going to say you're going to need three shacks. I think if three shacks put their heads together, they're going to solve this problem. Uh, the Bell Witch can't hang with me. No, no, it can't. You want to finish the joke? I don't know the rest of that, Jeff. Oh, it has to do with the neighbor's daughter. Number two, we have the Bell Witch versus the Bull Witch, which is a mix of the Minotaur and Baba Yaga. Ooh, that's going to be tough as hell. Obviously, Baba Yaga, most powerful witch in all of Russia. Most powerful witch in Russia. That's how you sound. (laughs) Most powerful witch in all of Russia. In the all of the world. Uh, possibly whole world. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I gotta put that one on the bull witch. That is absolutely correct. Uh, number three, we have the bell witch versus Ted Bumby. 
the homeless yet charismatically handsome serial killer. Ah, yes, Ted Bumby. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's fine. You don't need to apologize for Ted Bumby. Okay, good. Wait, was it Bumby or Bumdy? Bumby. Bumby, okay. A couple of changed letters there. Yeah. Well, I'll put this one on the bill, which I just don't think Ted Bumby's... I mean, obviously, you got to be pretty resourceful to survive on the streets. You got to be pretty cagey to be a serial killer. Got to stay one step ahead of our nation's finest, the police. <laughs> but even with all that, I don't think uh, you're going to be able to uh, take down uh, the bell witch. There's probably a serial killer in Uvalde who's killed 400 people and they have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. The idea of uh the hyper intelligent serial killer is complete <laughs> copaganda. Yeah. They're actually just lunatics. Yeah, they they are, and it's not hard to catch them. No. Not eventually. The thing is, like, I think it's something like uh only one in three murders are solved. Yeah. That's that's a nationwide stat. That's all murder. That's not just serial killers. That's that's yeah. a murder stat. Yeah, like um, statistically, if you commit murder, you're likely to get away with it. But you might feel bad. Yeah, don't do it. Obviously, yeah, the, the real reason bad. not to commit murder is that it's wrong. Yeah, depending on who you're killing. Uh, number four, the Bell Witch versus the Texan National Guard. Okay. Well, I I wouldn't want to mess with Texas. <laughs> Everything's bigger there. Yeah, everything's bigger there, including uh, the crimes against humanity. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Texan National Guard is gonna be pretty resourceful. That's a that's a that's a big source to throw at the Bell Witch. We've got the Bell Witch versus Glenda, Glenda the Good Witch mm -hmm. from the Wizard of Oz. That's right. Takes place here in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, if you head over to, uh, I think it's Liberal Kansas, you can see Dorothy's house. Really? Yeah, they that's got Dorothy's cool. house out there. Uh, but I'm going to say, uh, yeah, Glinda's got a lot of tricks. She was a pretty uh, crafty witch. I'll put this one on Glinda. We've got the bell witch versus us, but we have the Necronomicon. All right. Necronomicon. Let me tell you all the knowledge that you gain from the Necronomicon, you will be paying a hefty price. Mm. That price being your eternal soul. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if I'm going to give up my soul, I better be getting the ability to defeat the bell, Witch. I'm going to put that one on us. Last but not least, we have the bell, Witch versus Swoldemort, the well-muscled wizard. All right. Uh, so very much like Voldemort from the wizarding world of Harry Potter. <laughs> yep. Thank God JK Rowling's back, baby. <laughs> Keep talking about this lady's bullshit. <laughs> She's an asshole, isn't she? She's the worst. She's a she's a turf, right? She is a uh, very hateful person. Isn't that weird that you who can is write making such a the loving... world a worse place every but, day? But if you write such a loving book, how are you such a bad person? People contain multitudes. I know it's just so. So sad Harry that... Potter is overrated. But I, that's not true. That I wish is you, I true. Wish you, I Read wish another you... book. 
I wish she had internalized. There's more than there's like eight of them. Uh, I wish she had internalized some of the goodness of Harry's character. Is what I'll say. Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna put this one on the Bell Witch. Voldemort gets a dunked. And that was fight night. Wow, what a fight! What a night! Looks like we're rounding the corner on the episode, listeners. That can only mean one thing. It's time for our final round of Layla presents Belfast. Number seven, Bells of War. Method Man's prescient, uh, prescient verse on Wu Tang Clan's Bells of War includes the following excerpt. Prepare, kill a bees, it be warfare, this the year. Cats have got to take you off of here, hold the square. Ask yourself, can you compare to these brothers in the hood? Johnny be good or he be gone, yeah. The struggle goes on. You've been warned, PLO from here to Lebanon. How many bombs must we drop in the 90 now? Walk a mile in my shoes, get the street news from meth to cow. Wow. I that's thought that was cool that he called, you know, he called the current conflict. That uh, he, he, well, I mean, it, it's it been going on for ages. It's for 70 I years, I, but yeah, I'm saying he called not, the... Uh, he, it's not like he was predicting the future so much as he was <laughs> describing current events. He's he's Rapstradamus, didn't you know? That, that would be a great, uh, also known as, for Method Man. <laughs> Rapstradamus, that would have been more of an old dirty bastard one. No, that's true. Well, nobody can beat ODB when it came to nicknames. But, didn't we already played this game? Yeah, but I'll play it again. Listeners, okay, big, it's t- big baby Jesus. Okay. Um, Osiris. ODB. Dirt McGirt. <laughs> Old Dirty. Dirt Dog. Oh. Oh. Um. Osiris. I said Osiris. Oh. <clears throat> okay, I'm out. All right, and I had still the Man of a Thousand Rainbows. <laughs> My favorite. I think you should appropriate that one. Uh, yeah, I, I'll be the, the 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 Junior Man of a Thousand Rainbows. <laughs> I like that. It's a great nickname. The Thank Junior you. Man of a Thousand Rainbows. Also, we should call you, what was the name of that? The Cryptid Affair Monster? Nahuelito? Oh, yeah. Nahuelito. That's a great name for you, too. Not Nahuelito. Well, do you have any more facts? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just looking at you and thinking Nahuelito. Understandable. Number eight, Alexander Graham Bell. On March 7th, 1876, he was 29. 29-year-old hmm. Bell was awarded the first U.S. patent for the telephone. Three days later, Bell's assistant, Thomas Watson, that's made up, clearly heard the inventor's voice crackle across a wire in their Boston laboratory in the first successful telephone transmission. The message, Mr. Watson, come here. I need you. It didn't take long for the first of over 600 legal challenges to the patent to begin. Mm. Five of them reached the Supreme Court, which ultimately upheld Bell's claim in one of the longest patent battles in American history. Yeah, yeah. Telephony, very important invention. (laughs) That's what you took from that? Yeah, I mean, I've, that obviously that's going to be... I mean, I already knew it that Watson, come here, I need you, was the first phone call. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, if you ask them what was the first thing somebody said on a telephone, they'll say, hello. Hello. Which is... doesn't make any sense. It's a funny joke. You know who's going to call. It's going <laughs> to be Alexander Graham Bell. There's only one telephone. 
Yeah. Who's this? With whom am I speaking? It's not Julito. Well, I'm sorry uh, they're not in right now, but I can take a message. <laughs> Number nine, the Belco experiment. In the Belco experiment, which I happen to enjoy, an ordinary day at the office becomes a horrific quest for survival when 80, 80 employees at the Belco Corp in Colombia learn that they are pawns in a deadly game. Trapped inside their building, a voice over an intercom tells the frightened staffers that two workers must be killed within 30 minutes when another ultimatum follows. Friends become enemies, new alliances take shape, and only the strongest will remain alive at the end. Yeah, I thought that was okay. I thought it was it was an enjoyable one-time watch. Yeah, I think I think it didn't do enough with its premise. It, it was a gra- I, mean? I love the premise, but you're right, they didn't explore it. Uh well, Ethan, I got to tell you. Yeah. I've looked into my family tree and there might be a couple bells in it. And so I'm quaking in my boots. I got to know, is the Bell Witch real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! <laughs> okay. So, Shibs, let's, yeah. let's get into this. Skeptics regard, you know, the big book by Ingram? The big book by Ingram. You know, about the Bell Witch. The, the... Yeah. 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 The definitive book about the belt. Yeah, so unfortunately, the definitive uh, book is a work of historical fiction or fraud. Wait. Yeah, I know. What about the Bell Witch? Other researchers consider Ingram's work a nascent folklore study and an accurate ref- reflection of belief in the region during the 19th century. So that's number one. Okay. It could be real, right? Yeah, it could just be true local folklore. Uh, like it often Bradford, is. historian, concludes that there is also no evidence that Andrew Jackson ever visited the Bell home. Um, and the 18- Well, except for this testimony that I've got from Andrew Jackson, where he's like, I was there uh, by Excelsior. <laughs> I was there with my men. And the Mellow carriage stopped. Bell and, witch. and the witch spoke to me. <laughs> and I believe him. That's why I'm not, listen, I'm just giving you the other side of it. Don't get mad at me. Okay, um, I mean, it just seems like these skeptics are ignoring so much evidence. Well, they're being dicks. Um, That's why they call them the skeptics. Right. Uh, now, this one is my favorite. Okay. The New England Farmer published an article regarding the Bell Witch, and there are three humans in this account, Mr. Bell, Betsy Bell, the daughter, and Joshua Gardner, the uh, uh, fiancé. Okay. The author stated that the voice, which spoke freely about the house from all directions, would not manifest itself until the lights were extinguished at night. When the ghost asked how long it would remain, it replied, until Josh and Betsy get married. The author goes on to state that Betsy Bell had fallen in love with Joshua Gardner and had then learned the skill of ventriloquism. Mm. The author states that Miss Bell then used her skill in an attempt to convince Josh Gardner to marry her. When they did not marry, the apparition disappeared. And I guess she also just sewed a rabbit's head to a dog's body. Is that what I'm (laughs) supposed to leave? New England? New England (laughs) Journal of Witchcraft, whatever it was? The New England Farmer. The New England Farmer? (laughs) Journal of Witchcraft. I get that. Well, it, it, it could be real. It might not be. But if you ask me... I think that no one in that time period was funny enough 
to come up with the bell witch like watching the neighbors fuck and then like gossiping about it. So I say Israel. I'm gonna say that it's pretty real. And I'm gonna say, is that the red light from Uncle Monster? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Uncle Monster, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great, except for the fact that I have nothing to do until the next episode. Oh my goodness, you know what you should do? Tell me. You should watch a movie. Which one? You should watch... You should... You know what movie you should watch? (laughs) You should watch Batman Forever. (laughs) It's a good one. Starring Val Kilmer (laughs) and Tommy Lee Jones. And Nicole Kidman is Dr. <laughs> Chase Meridian. Yep, yep, also Nicole Kidman. So I should watch that movie? And Chris O'Donnell as Robin. <laughs> that was a mistake. He was hot for a minute. And introducing Jim Carrey as Edward Nigma the Riddle Man. <laughs> okay, I'll... I'll definitely try and watch it, Uncle Monster. Uh, you, you don't, you don't need to convince me. You've got me. You already got me. Batman is a superhero <laughs> that lives in Gotham City. Hey, brother! Is that Uncle Monster too? It's me, Dose. What's going on, Twofer? You, do you have a movie recommendation for us? If you are an Iron Man or Tetsuo, you should check out the feature-length motion picture Wellraiser. The horror adaptation about poor baby Jessica. Three thumbs up. But don't take my word for it, LeVar. Well, Razor. Eh? <laughs> Remember when that baby fell down the well? <laughs> yes. Oh, I was in first grade. I thought it was funny back then. <laughs> well, there you have it, listeners. <laughs> if you want to see some other stuff that we think is funny, why don't you check out our YouTube channel? Oh, that's awesome. You find us there at Uncle Monster Podcast. Uh, you can also, hey, have you considered this? Have you considered this? Have you considered writing us an email to UncleMonsterPodcast at gmail.com to get on our new mailbag segment? You certainly can. And if you do, you will get your own custom bumper. What else we got going on? We got the Instagram. You can find us there at Uncle Monster 6. We got the Patreon where we got all those fun bonus episodes like we were talking about earlier. You can get that at Uncle Monster 6. You can also find us on Blue Sky at UncleMonster.bsky.social. And you can also, on whatever app you're listening to us on right now, you can give us a like or subscribe or five stars or a heart or a comment. Some sort of positive engagement. It really always means the world's doing it. It's not about the stats. It's really about our feelings. It's really just to make me feel better about myself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, please do. And in the meantime, oh, oh, and make sure you tune in for next week's episode when we're going to have a special guest. Ethan, tell us about the guest. Oh, we have 80 coming on from Slasher's Pod. I thought it was pronounced aid. They were saying it aid on the show. I'm calling her eight, like just like 80, like, like shibby. Oh, okay. Like a nickname. Yeah. I, I maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't well, know. We'll be having aid on and we'll be talking about all colored. Sam, the sand down clown. You don't want to miss it. 
but in the meantime, until then, don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked. <laughs>